The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Making Money Fun with Shanna Tinjum. Like you, Shanna had all kinds of questions about money and finances from a very young age. She learned to not be frightened of financial discussions and became an expert on managing money in the process. Shanna and her guests are here to demystify money, investing, and personal finance. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Shanna Tinjum, Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge, guests on this show and Heritage Financial Strategies are not affiliated. Let's get started. Here's your host, Shanna Tinjum. Welcome to Making Money Fun. I am Shanna Tinjum, your host, and I'm super excited for our conversation today. Lisa is joining us from Invesco Consulting, and I am really excited about this conversation because Lisa has written a book and a seminar that I have taught several times to clients and prospects, and the book that Lisa has written is Picture Your Prosperity, Smart Money Moves, Turn Your Vision into Reality. So let me tell you a little bit about Lisa before I I invite her into the conversation. Um, Lisa is an executive director at Invesco Consulting and has spent 15 years in the financial services industry as a national speaker and developer of educational programs for investors. She's done a number of tours and holds a BS in journalism and speech communications from the University of Illinois, also is a registered corporate coach, and she's currently a uh, member of the Women's Bond Club and Invesco's Women's Network. She does a ton of volunteer work, and she speaks also at Loyola University in Chicago, living in downtown Chicago with her family. She loves to to read, go to theater, and eat, and of course, Lisa, uh, to counteract that, you like to read, uh, you like to, to run. So I love that. I think that's hysterical. W- welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Oh, wonderful. Well, I'm super excited to have this conversation with you today because I really enjoyed reading the book. I, I love the perspective that it takes on investing and planning, specifically for women, but it really can be applied to anybody that's looking to determine kind of the why behind the investing that they do or would like to do in the future, correct? Absolutely. I love that. And I think that as women specifically, we have a, a little bit more of a challenge because investing is is a little bit more conceptual to, to us. And it's harder sometimes to put it up towards the priority list when you've got all of these other things screaming at you. And and I think that that's one of the things that a lot of the other authors miss in the writing about finance and financial planning for women is that we all define prosperity differently. Tell us a little bit more about that, Lisa. Well, it really is a fascinating word. You know, I, I spend a lot of time asking people what they hear in that word, and mm. it's everything from 
health to security to freedom to um, even very specific things like the ocean or, you know, a particular uh, location. It really is a a very evocative word, and I think it's a nice starting point to get into this general topic of why do we want our money to grow? Yeah. you know, it's an elemental piece of the whole puzzle that so often we skip over. Yeah, I think so. And I and I think that's sort of the first step, really, isn't it, to defining a financial plan is really figuring out what that word means and what you want those investments that you're um, using, you know, those tools you're utilizing today to buy tomorrow, correct? Absolutely. It's, it's the why. Yeah. The why do we care? Wow. Yeah. And do you find that women um, need to have that nailed down more than men do in order to really be successful at long-term planning? I think there is a a deep interest Mm -hmm. on the part of most women for doing so, and part of that is brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're taught by the, the, listen, I'm by no means a neurologist, but we've done research, and and if you look at that research, one of the things that it says is that women are more holistic thinkers. Okay. There are literally more connectors, you've probably heard this, between our left brain and our right brain, you know, the left brain is the more practical, grounded side. Right. The right side is the more uh, imaginative, creative, intuitive side. And there's more connectors, which means that if you look at any one issue as a woman, you're more likely to connect it to other issues and to look at it as part of a bigger picture. So we're not just making one decision. One decision may lead to several other factors, and they all get taken into consideration through the decision-making process. Okay. So that's, I think, one big reason why this affects the way we look at money. Got it. And and does that affect the way we look at other big decisions in life as well? Absolutely. It, you know, it, it's it's a it's 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 also one of the reasons why we multitask. Okay. That's kind of a common joke. You you hear about how women are more natural at multitasking than men are, and and it is because of these connections that you might make. Well, if we're going to go in this direction on Saturday afternoon to run errand A. We're also going to be passing by this other place, and maybe we could stop there. And, you know, while we're doing that, why not just check that other thing out at Aaron C? And, and it's right, <laughs> so things connect together. <laughs> okay, that, yeah, that totally makes sense. I often wonder yeah. why, and that, that totally answers a question. I, I kind of always have wondered why it's just natural to me if I'm going to be in a certain area to kind of do everything I have to do in that area. And God love him, my husband will go back to the same area two or three times in a week, and I'm like, good Lord, figure it out. <laughs> And I think that maybe that may be the same issue right there, huh? It's the same issue. I think it's the same issue. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So, um, does that play into the money silo? Then tell us a little bit about exactly what that means and how that plays into all this. Yeah. Well, what we 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 use that term money silo is just an analogy. Okay. Because so many of us, in general, uh, women and men, think of money as this thing in their life that has to be managed. Okay. You know, it, they, they're, there's their regular life and, and, and their job and their family and so on and so forth, their friends, their lives, and then over here on the side is their money, and it's this, this sort of entity that they have to pay attention to, that they have to manage. And when you think about it, who wants to manage anything? Right. Really, right. <laughs> If, if you only have a few hours of free time during your week or your weekend, is that what you want to do? Do you want to go out to the money silo and manage it? You know, <laughs> it's just not a particularly attractive idea. So we, we sort of segment it off. We cordon it off. Right. And we view it as something that is, you know, a, a necessary part of life, but 
that needs to be handled separately. And what my co-author, Ellen Rogan, and I believe, and what we talk about in the book, is that really, if we can shift that thinking so that the money silo is not a silo at all, so that the money is really something that's integrated into our lives, it's a tool to make the rest of our lives possible, it changes everything. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That makes sense, because then we're not separating it from the right and the left brain. It's all sort of working together, correct? Yeah, it's it's the means to an end. It's supporting the things in life that we view to be most important. Oh. It's a tool to make them happen. Gosh, okay. That absolutely makes sense. So then does if, if we integrate all of those things, does that help with the sort of fear and uncertainty and all of that stuff that goes into making those money decisions for us? It does. There's such fear. Or there, there really is such fear around, around money. And yeah. like anything else in life, um, if we can be attuned to that and be aware of what we're telling ourselves and the fear messages that we're kind of supporting within ourselves and look at different ways to approach that, things get much more manageable in a hurry. Mm, that makes it- sense. That, that totally does. Now, um, you know, I'm certainly not going to get into a political discussion today, but this is a perfect okay. year for having that fear and anxiety conversation because a lot of the questions I'm getting from my clients right now are, how is the election going to affect my investments? Right. And, I, you know, I mean, I think we all have that that uh, fear and uncertainty, but I, I find that, and, and this is interesting to me, and maybe you can shed some light on this, I almost find, for some reason, that that question is asked of men, asked, asked of me more from men than women. And I, I don't know why necessarily that is. My female clients really don't have it as much on the radar, and maybe it's not that, that that they're not vocalizing it as much. I, I'm not quite sure what that is, but I am getting asked that question a lot more. So if we look at money and investing from a holistic perspective and we assign money, you know, those tasks in the future and those jobs in the future to sort of help us achieve our goals, does that help those types of fears and anxieties when we have big events going on in the nation or the world that may be pulling our focus away from our long-term goals? I think it does, because I think the more we can be in touch with what is really important and what really matters most, then it frees us from these big-picture, generalized fears and anxieties. Mm, you know, okay. um, th- there's a lot that we could talk about in terms of fear. I mean, one, one thing is that this old idea that what gets focused on grows. So if mm. you have a little bit of a seed of financial anxiety, and you turn on a person shrieking at you on television about uh, sort of doomsday message, and you start to read the headlines and so on, it can start to feed that anxiety, and it's so important. I mean, this is an obvious thing, and we all know this, but you lose sight of it. I mean, I lose sight of it myself. We right. all do. Right. When you hear the, the, the scary headlines, because um, media... You know, needs needs to create scary headlines to get people interested, right? Right. It, they, they need to get ratings. They 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 need to do that in order to capture people's attention. We all know that, right? And yet we hear them, right? And there's been study after study telling us, look, the the, the more we can stay focused on the basics, and look at the facts, look at what our own priorities and values are, look at what our own financial situation is, and what we need to fund our lives now. You know, certainly. Stay informed and, and you know and, and keep current, but manage your go on a media diet if you need to. <laughs> I that, love that. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, it, 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 what's it going to accomplish really to dwell in that negativity? 
Right, right. Well, and I often tell clients that the um, mainstream media wouldn't sell as much advertising if everything were rosy and life was good. So we've got to balance their need for selling advertising and marketing with our need for actually having real solid concrete facts. Yes. You know, and, and I think that's important is that, you know, you've got to get both sides of the coin and they're not real good most of the time at giving you an unbiased opinion, no matter what they say they are good at, you know? Sure. (laughs) So I I think that that's true. Now, do you find that females and women in general have more sort of fear and anxiety about money? And and if if that's the case, is it the day-to-day decisions that they're fearful about or is it the long-term, you know, sort of prognosis? You know, I... I think that it, it's it's probably as much a, a people issue as, okay. as it is anything else. Got it. Um, and, and I think that there are some tactics that if people are feeling fear and anxiety, there are things that we can do to manage fear in other aspects of our lives that can, believe it or not, also apply to money. Oh, okay. So, it, you know, things like... Um, this is going to sound funny. It's not often a word that you uh, typically would hear on a financial show, but breathing... Mm. Right, doing meditation, even things like doing yoga. I know that this sounds far afield, but these are recentering techniques that all of us can use to calm our fears and anxieties about anything that's troubling us, up to and including money. So, just if you're if, if you're starting to feel some anxiety, just being aware of what you're telling yourself, being aware that the negativity is coming from within you. Right? Wow. Sort of being aware within of, of your own thoughts and sort of saying, "Okay, I'm going to take a little time out here. I'm going to." I'm going to address this issue in a, you know, in a practical way. But I can tell that right now I'm a little emotional. I'm going to take a little time off. I'm going to take a little, I'm going to do a, a, a 10 minute recentering, whether that's a, a little breathing exercise or whether you, you go to the gym, do a little you know, yoga. Literally, these are things that can help us recenter and right. then come back and look at it. Wow, I think that that's huge. You know, it's interesting you mentioned meditation. Uh, one of my b- very best friends has started a company called Workforce Meditations here in Phoenix, and they go into um, big companies and 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 teach their employees the practice of meditation. And you know, it, to me, it sounded silly at first, but boy, is it becoming popular because we get so much thrown at us at a day on a daily basis in our work lives and our personal lives that most of us literally just don't take the time to sit down breathe and calm our minds um, and I think those sort of meditation techniques can also work well when you start to feel that anxiety sort of bubble to the top when you're thinking about or dealing with money decisions absolutely I, I really couldn't agree more and you know, there are a couple other little techniques that are simple and that can make a big difference for example if you're if you're starting to feel anxious about money one great antidote believe it or not is gratitude because if you think about it, you know, pe- people, there, there's all sorts of work on gratitude and on the positive effects that it can have in your life. It can, it can help you be happier, calmer. There's even studies linking it to being more successful at work, more productive, and so on. Because it essentially, if you, if you spend time intentionally being grateful, you're firing all of these really good, feel-good brain chemicals in yourself. You're, um, you're, you're, you're getting better response from people around you, which is empowering you. So all these really good things happen. And if you think about gratitude as a way to calm yourself down at moments when you're feeling anxious, I'm worried that um, there might be a stock market drop and I might lose a percentage of my net worth. Mm -hmm. So that's my my fear at the moment. Well, you know what? 
what if we just take a moment and be grateful for the fact that we even have money invested, right? So we have it there to begin with. Yeah. We've been able to build it up to this point. And it's a recentering technique. Right. It's an incredibly powerful thing to do because when you think about it in really simple terms, if your mind is devoted to the positive, feel-good parts of it, there's no mind share left for the anxiety. Wow. It is by nature not allowed to exist at that moment. I love that. It just naturally quell it. Yeah, I think that that's really important, and I don't know if you find this or not, but what I find with the a lot of the women that I work with in my practice is that they like to beat themselves up for their bad be- decisions in the past, mm-hmm. and I will not let them have that. Um, I immediately refocus them back on, like you just said, the fact that you're in here meeting with me now, and you're taking control of this now, and look at the 401k that you have, and look at the IRA that you have. So many people would be so grateful to have that. You've done a great job, and sometimes Sometimes when I say that, you can immediately see like their sh- their shoulders just sort of like the weight of the world's been lifted off their shoulders. Like they were so uh, mired in that that fear of that they hadn't done enough that to be told, even if it's you know just positive reinforcement that they're doing a good job, is so freeing for them. It's huge. It's it, it really is. That's that's a, that's a really wise thing to do. Well, and that, that yeah, and, and I think that you know one of the things that I remind people is that we cannot unring the bell. Whatever is done in the past is done. We can't fix it. There's really no reason to beat ourselves up over it. Let's just make better decisions moving forward and be grateful that we're here now to make those right decisions happen together. Right. Fantastic. Well, and I think that that's that's definitely something important to talk about. Um, And when we come back from the break, I do want to talk a little bit more about sort of defining financial goals because I think that they're they're with with mainstream financial planning. There's somewhat of a disconnect, and we're getting better as an industry at, at this, but. And that's one of the things that I think your Prosperity Picture Workshop really helps uh, people define is, you know, why are they saving? Why are they putting money in their 401ks and saving money in their IRAs? And why are they giving up those those fun things that they want to do now um, for whatever is happening later? Um, you know, those fun graphs and, and mountain charts and all that jazz that we like to dazzle people with in my industry really don't matter much in the scheme of things. And so I think it's important for men and women alike to really look and define the goals that they have. And like you said at the beginning, let's start with that word prosperous and really figure out kind of what that means. But that's definitely something that I want to talk a little bit about when we come back from from the break. And it might be fun to sort of try a little visualization exercise, Lisa, if you don't mind doing that on the air with me. Um, But before we go to the break, I did want to let people know that Lisa has been generous enough to to give us five books to give away. So if you're listening, we're going to do a little Twitter contest. Go um, let let us know that you're listening on Twitter and hashtag making money fun. And five of you that do that will, um, I will send you a copy of Lisa's book, which is fantastic. And everybody should should definitely have that in their library. So um, please go to Twitter, hashtag making money fun, and we'll search through, pick five of you, and five of you will get, will get a copy of that book because I think that is sort of a great place to start and then really from that book if you want to do it yourself you can sit down and build your prosperity picture 
or you can work with a great financial advisor like myself to help you build that prosperity picture because that's definitely something that I enjoy doing and it all really feeds into that long-term financial plan which is is what I'm all about in my practice at Heritage Financial Strategies. So um, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but um, we will see you soon. And this is Shanna Tingem with Making Money Fun. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you going through a life change like divorce, death of a spouse, or starting a business? Are you tired of financial professionals talking at you instead of with you? Are you worried that you may not have enough money to retire or to live the lifestyle you want in retirement? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to contact Heritage Financial Strategies today. At Heritage Financial Strategies, we'll get to know your goals and dreams and design a plan together to get to achieve those dreams. Call 480-397-1184 or visit heritagefinancialad.com. My goal is to develop a relationship where you feel like you can ask me any question and know that I'll give you an honest answer. Again, that's 480-397-1184 or heritagefinancialad.com. Shanna Tinjum, Registered Representative, Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Shannon Tinjum, Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Heritage Financial Strategies are not affiliated. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Making Money Fun with your host, Shanna Tinjum. To reach Shanna or her guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Shanna at heritagefinancialaz.com. Now, back to Making Money Fun. Welcome back. I am Shanna Tingem with uh, Making Money Fun and uh, co-owner of Heritage Financial Strategies in Gilbert, Arizona. And I am uh, super excited to continue the conversation about prosperity and planning for prosperity in your future. Lisa um, with Invesco Consulting is here and she has written a book and a workshop that financial planners like myself teach um, all around helping people understand what prosperity means to them and then really defining their goals so that it can become a motivator for saving, investing, and planning in the future. So let's talk a little bit more about that, Lisa, as as we um, as as we ended last segment with that question of you know being prosperous and what it really means, um, how do you recommend folks really start to fine tune what that means to them and then what their financial goals really are? Well, we actually have a, a shortcut for people because you know it's not a new idea as, as you know as we know to, to set goals, financial goals, and right. goals that that's certainly something we've been doing for a very long time, but um, it is sort of a fresh way to approach financial planning to use visuals as a tool, okay. and that's why our approach is called Picture Your Prosperity. We literally mean picturing what the future looks like, and so in the book, there is a pull-out section in the middle that has 30 or so images of different parts of life, and so these are things like... Um, 
uh, an airplane, a a plant, a family, someone doing yoga. There's a picture of a cat and a dog. You know, there's um, a picture of a of a beautiful plate of food and books and a sailboat and a voting button and all sorts of things. And they're just images that are somewhat symbolic, but a, a wide variety of them that represent different parts of life. Mm-hmm. And we recommend using these visuals as a starting point for what it is that's important to you in life and where you want to go. Now, there's nothing magical about these particular images, and you, you certainly don't need them to, in order to do this. You could use your own. You could use personal photographs. You could use magazine tearouts or print things online. The idea is to just assemble a sort of uh, array of visuals that you can see all at once and then start to just identify the things that you're drawn to. And here's where the shortcut, uh, the shortcut part comes in because your brain works visually in a different way than it does when you have to express things in language you're writing. It's much more visceral. Mm-hmm. You can look at a picture of a sailboat and think, gosh, wouldn't it be great to be back at that, you know, that lake house in Wisconsin or, you know, that trip that we took when I graduated from college. I'll never forget that. You start to have these evocative moments of things that really mean something to you. And these then become the building blocks for what's really important. And it can happen in a matter literally in, of minutes. You just look through these images that you, you associate something very personal and very meaningful with the ones that you're drawn to. So it's a shortcut way of getting together a group of images that mean something to you. And that's the starting point. Wow, I love that. I, I, you know, and I don't know how often you have this, Lisa, t- teaching this um, workshop, but the last time I taught this workshop, I had a lady that I knew fairly well, hadn't been through my workshop before, and it was kind of a classroom-style setup, and she was in the second row and started sorting through the pictures, and all of a sudden I saw her stop on one and just tears were, were streaming down her face, and um, she held it together pretty well until the end, and I went up to her at the end of it, and I said, is everything okay? And she said, I realize going through this how much I miss my family in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and I said, wow, how that's so powerful. And she said, I just, that picture, because it was that one picture that's in there of the um, kind of um, woodsy c- scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, that picture reminded me of, my, uh, of where I grew up. And she said, I did not realize until looking at that picture how much I missed them. She said, I need to do something about that. And I said, well, that's all part of financial planning, right? You can maybe become a snowbird and get the heck out of Arizona in the summer and go back to the Midwest in, in the summer where it's not quite as hot. So, you know, it, it, I think that just talking about it is good, but really those, those images sort of do tap into that other side of the brain. Is that sort of how it works? It's, it's exactly how it works. Okay. Because if you just ask someone, you know, what are your goals? Even what are your short-term goals? I, I, it's, it's a tough question. I, I don't know about you, but I don't know what I'm going to have for dinner. You know, <laughs> right. I, 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 don't, I don't really necessarily know, and I'm not necessarily able to articulate my long-term goals, but I can look at a picture of, like you said, uh, of, of a woodsy scene or of uh, a shelf of books, and it can mean something to me. Wow. And so it's... it's um, it's essentially a way to shorten the process, but also allow for meaningful interpretation because, again, you're interpreting the meaning in these things. It's not being fed to you. You're not being led as a witness. You're <laughs> right. using the, you know, the visual as, as a jumping off point. 
Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Now, what if we're part of a couple? Do you recommend that both parts of the couple kind of go through this together or separately and then compare? Or how do you recommend that be done? We recommend that each part of the couple do it individually mm-hmm. and that they then have discussions. You know, half of the value of this is going through the process of choosing them and putting them together. Right. And the other half is describing what they mean to someone oh, else. Got it. Because once you start to articulate them and explain what they mean, you, you, you learn things yourself about okay. what, you know, what you're going through, what you're, what you're um, working through as you have this experience. So it really is an, an important and valuable thing for couples to do, you know. I, um, in, in the book, I write about this anecdote where I learned things about my husband, my mother, and one of my closest friends in the world that I did not know by doing this exercise. And these are the people that I think I know best in the world. Right. So it's an amazingly enriching thing to do with people that you care about, especially when you share a financial, financial household with those people. Right, right. Now, the other thing that I, I, I loved about the, the way that the prosperity picture sort of lays out is that there are a lot of goals that people maybe see as um, barriers, if you will, that when you think about it really aren't going to take either a lot of time or a lot of money, and maybe they're putting this barrier up that it's a much bigger deal than it really is. Do you find that as well? Absolutely. You know, there, there's all kinds of ways to... Um to approach these issues. And here's an, a, a tangible example. I, I had a woman that I was working with in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and she and her husband uh, really wanted a sailboat. She had a sailboat. I keep talking about boats today, but she had a <laughs> sailboat on her, her picture. Okay. And um, she just could, they just couldn't afford it. I mean, it's quite expensive in general, and especially in the Bay Area. Right. It's prohibitive for them. Right. And so she, she started focusing on it, and... On her way to work one morning, she saw a sign. This is her normal way to work that she always took. So this is not a new route. She, uh, this particular morning, after having focused on the sailboat, all of a sudden saw a sign for a timeshare sailboat company. Wow. And long story short, you know, she and her husband got involved, and they have time on the boat. I think it's two or three nights a month, and they love it, and they drink wine on the boat and have dinner uh. on the boat and completely enjoy it. It's not that she, this didn't exist, of course. It's just that she hadn't thought about it, you know. So part of this whole process is that by naming these things, discussing them, thinking of them, and we really advocate, by the way, putting them up somewhere in your house. We actually have a recommended format to actually, you know, tape these things onto a piece of paper according to a couple of factors around time and money. Okay. That's why we actually have a, a recommended format for that. And put it up somewhere where you can see it. Okay. So that you're reinforcing these ideas in, in, in your brain. It's kind of like doing bicep curls for your brain. You're actually <laughs> kind of appealing to the subconscious part of your brain saying, wake up to this. Wake right. up to the, this input that's going to help you do this. Okay, that makes absolute sense. Now, is that, you know... I'm reaching back way back in my corporate days. I did a lot of of sales training, corporate training. And if if memory serves me, that's something called the reticular activator. That that it's sort of that same muscle that when you look to buy a car or you've bought a car, now all of a sudden you see them all around you on the road and before you didn't notice them, right? Absolutely. (laughs) That's exactly it. And it's fascinating. Yeah, it really is. And I think that it's, you know, now, um, is this a more modern version of a vision board or is it a different kind of um, situation altogether? I know a lot of my business, um, 
you know, friends and, and colleagues that, that really are into self-development, they like that vision board um, exercise. Is this a similar exercise? It is. It's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a slightly different take on, on a vision board. It's an evolved take on it because we ask you to, uh, to, to come up with these visuals that mean things to you. And then as I alluded to just a, a few minutes ago, we, we ask our readers and our people that come to workshops to put them on a, a board, a cardboard sheet or a piece of paper according to these two questions of, of when and how much. Those are the two questions. That's it. Uh-huh. Literally, you're dividing your paper into four boxes. So imagine that if you've got a piece of paper on the left side, you have at the bottom less money and at the top more money. Okay. And on the left-hand side, you've got sooner. On the right-hand side, you have later. And so now you essentially have these quadrants. You have, you know, on, on the lower left, you've got less money and sooner in life, etc. Okay. So then you start to put these pictures in these different quadrants. And now what you're essentially doing is creating a visual financial plan. The vision oh, wow. board, yes, but it's also organized according to these factors. Wow. This is what's important now. This is what I want to do a little later. And it's fascinating because sometimes people will do these and they'll say, gosh, everything is sooner for me. I want it all now. <laughs> <laughs> or, or everything is low cost for me. You know, right. I've, I've, seen, I've seen that too. I, I, you know, none of the things that are really most important to me cost a particularly significant amount of money. Right. And once you start to get in touch with that, going back to our earlier part of our conversation, you start to look at what you need a little bit differently. So on bad market days, maybe you're not so scared because you realize that the things that are most important to you don't come with a hugely high price tag. So there's different iterations of all this. Wow. I, I love that you say that because that's really what I found with a lot of the women that I had in my workshop was that the most important things to them were being healthy and living a healthy life and spending time with family and friends. And, you know, unless you, you know, get hugely into fitness and spend a lot of money, you know, on fitness classes or you want to travel the world with your family or friends, there are there are free or very low cost ways to execute both of those priorities. And so, you know, when you put it in that perspective, even, you know, going through what we went through in the market in 2008 or, um, you know, the craziness that, that ensued after that puts it a little more in perspective and it doesn't seem like my life is going to end if my portfolio loses, you know, 5 or 10%. I mean, you know, you can kind of put that in perspective a little bit. And so I found that very, very fascinating that the vast majority of the women that I worked with through this process really realized that the stuff is, that's important to them is stuff they can do now and it's very inexpensive. Absolutely. That that's really cool. I love that. I think that's that's huge. Do you find that um, you know when when you're looking at planning for you know men and women, do you find that that we all kind of come to that same conclusion you know as a general rule, or do do you think men and women sort of treat that process differently? I feel like it's such an individual process. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like everyone's take on this and everyone's journey just looks a, a, a little bit different. And, and for some people, you know, for some people, th- th- it's, not, it's not the case. For some people, it, it is expensive. There are things that, um, that are big priorities to them that, that cost money, you know, uh, sending children to college or, um, you know, sort of planning for particular things in their life that's um, like a, a second home or what have you that mm-hmm. really are values that really cost more money. So that, so for them, that could look different, right? Right. Um, it, it's, it's, it's such a, an individual approach that I think 
that's important too because we think about big things like retirement, like planning for retirement as though it's a cookie cutter, as though we're all planning for this one thing called retirement. But gosh, my retirement is probably going to be very different than yours, Shannon, or, yeah. or you know, and, and, and vice versa. We have to we have to really focus on our lives, our goals, what's most important to us. Right. Do you find um, often that if you're part of a couple that maybe both halves have different ideas on what that retirement might look like, or do you do you find that that that, that they're closer together than they originally might have thought? I think that too varies, and you know, you hear funny you hear funny stories. You hear people yeah. talking we're talking about when they start to compare their boards. And oh my lord! What they fit together? Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> completely different things. Well, you know, um, I, I've, I've heard stories of of a husband saying, "Well, I'm going to have this fishing, you know, cottage. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be fishing at least three days a week when I retire, and I'd like to have a place, kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy, but I want a place for for me to do my fishing." And having his wife sort of looking at him and and you know, with her mouth open, <laughs> like, "Where did this that? come from? I, I, this is the first I've ever heard of this, right?" <laughs> And oh. I'm certainly not going fishing. No. <laughs> I'm not spending time in a cabin. That's crazy. No, I, that, it's so funny you say that because I've had that happen in my office when I start asking the question. And without doing the board, sort of the Reader's Digest condensed version I ask it, you know, usually is, imagine it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday and you're retired. Where are you and what are you doing? And they sometimes look at each other and one has an answer and the other has an answer and they're like not even on the same continent, like lit- phys- physically not on the same continent. And I'm like, wow, we got a little bit of an issue here. Um, <laughs> we got to learn how to communicate a little bit about that. So, you know, when we come back from the break, um, our last break here today, I really do want to talk a little bit about ways that we can communicate to our family and our close friends how, you know, what's really the most important thing to us and how we can sort of use that to not only fine-tune our process today because we all have a spending money process, whether we admit it or not, but also our saving process for the future and how we can kind of all get on the same page about all of that stuff. And if any of you are listening, want a copy of the book, I do have five copies to give away. So go to Twitter and hashtag making money fun. And for five lucky people that do that, I will send you uh, a free copy of the book. And I would love to get that in your hands. I think it's really, really, really important that we do that. So um, one last segment when we come back from the break. I am Shanna Tinjum with the Making Money Fun Show. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you going through a life change like divorce, death of a spouse, or starting a business? Are you tired of financial professionals talking at you instead of with you? Are you worried that you may not have enough money to retire or to live the lifestyle you want in retirement? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to contact Heritage Financial Strategies today. At Heritage Financial Strategies, we'll get to know your goals and dreams and design a plan together to get to achieve those dreams. Call 480-397-1184 or visit heritagefinancialad.com. My goal is to develop a relationship where you feel like you can ask me any question and know that I'll give you an honest answer. Again, that's 480-397-1184 or heritagefinancialad.com. Shanna Tinjum, Registered Representative, Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Shannon Tinjum, Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Heritage Financial Strategies are not affiliated. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Making Money Fun with your host, Shanna Tinjum. To reach Shanna or her guest today, call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Shanna at HeritageFinancialAZ.com. Now, back to Making Money Fun. Welcome back to Making Money Fun. I am your host, Shanna Tingem, here with Lisa Kuig from Invesco Consulting. And Lisa ha- and, and her partner have written a book that is fantastic about really helping you define prosperity for you and coming up with your list of priorities from, from that and how to really execute that as part of your financial plan and your financial strategy, which is where I come in. Um, and so, Lisa, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to kind of hear your thoughts on a couple of things. One thing that came to mind as we were chatting about in the break was that I have a number of multi-generational clients. Um, I may have grandma and grandpa and uh, mom and dad, and, and eventually I'll, I'll be working with the, with the kids. And so we may have two or three generations that, that I'm having conversations with. And what I find sometimes is that all three, two or three of those generations, their ideas for later in life don't really jive. Um, and of course, grandma and grandpa want to see grandkids, but if they're on a different continent or a different part of the country, that isn't going to happen as much. So what would your suggestions be on sort of communicating this beyond your partner or spouse to other members of your family so that you can make sure you all have that long-term vision that sort of works together? I think that's just a great question and a great issue to explore. And I really think that this simple process, I mean, the process that we've been talking about where you identify these visual images and put them together, you know, on on a piece of paper, it's Mm -hmm. such a simple and fast thing to do. Right. It's a great way to appeal to all generations and to encourage uh, a robust dialogue about that. So I've heard of families doing this around the holidays, Mm -hmm. you know, around Thanksgiving, people are grouped together, the kids are home from school. It's a great way to open up this big conversation in a fast and very low-stakes kind of way. Yes. You know, it's a great conversation to have as a family. The great thing about this is if you're, you know, I'm picturing a family sitting around the dining room table and all putting this together and sharing. Oh. The great thing to do about that, or just to know about that, in addition to just the fun of doing it and of hearing what everyone else has got in their mind, is right. that... Everybody gets to say just what they want about that board. Mm. They don't have to reveal anything that they're not quite ready to reveal. They can talk in a way that they're comfortable with. So this is a way, it's a very low stakes way to get into some subject areas to start talking about these important issues, but in a way that everyone's comfortable with. It's not confronting to do It's not like asking someone a direct question. So where do you think you're going to be living in three years? You know, yeah. or, you know, do you ever want to have children? Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. When am I going to have grandchildren? Which right. I, I heard for years until my brother had the first one um, about a month ago. So yay for the pressure being off me now. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I totally understand. And, you know, I really advocate for my clients to have family meetings once a year, which 
in my mind, really are focused more around the practical aspects of, well, you know, what do I want if I can't care for myself? Where is the key to my safe deposit box? Where is my Mm. will? And all of that stuff. But that's an icky conversation to have. It's not fun. Nobody wants to think about it. And it it, it can become very confrontational if you don't really want to reveal all of the details. And so I really feel like what you just said could so much better lead into that conversation naturally than just sitting down with an agenda and going, okay, mom, what do you want us to do if you, you know, if, if dad passes away, where do you want to live? I mean, it's like, ew, you don't want to think about that, you know? Sure. So I I think that could be so much more um, practical and fun to really have that almost the same conversation, but in a way that evolves into more of a session on dreams and goals and hopes versus, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if you, you know, if the family falls apart kind of a situation. Absolutely. It's, it's anchored on something positive and comfortable that everyone can control uh, in the manner that they're speaking about it and thinking about it. And then it can lead to all of this, the sorts of things that you just mentioned, which are also, of course, critical. But, but those just then become tools, right? It's not the center of the conversation. Right. They're like, all right, well, we kind of see the big picture now, and so we're going to need to know some things. We're wow. going to need to know where the key to the safety pass box is, and we're going to you know, need to talk about uh, you know, estate planning and insurance and all of these things that we, of course, all need to think about. But right. now we have a reason to think about them that's not depressing. Right, right, right. I, lo- I think that's awesome. Now, um, I-, I just mentioned that I kind of like families to do this at least once a year, at least to have some kind of a, you know, baseline conversation, especially if anything's changed in your life. Like in our family, we just had my first nephew. And so that's going to change the, the, the estate planning conversation in my household and what my folks want when they retire and all that jazz. So do you sort of advocate revisiting this prosperity picture um, on a regular basis? Does it sort of, once it's there, it's there? How do you feel about that? What's your take? I think revisiting it on an annual basis is an excellent idea. And you might want to even do it a little bit more frequently than that if you're going through a period of transition or what have you. So, you know, things things change. And it's 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 a great catalyst to... As we just mentioned, talk, talk about those things that are changing. Check in with one another, with people that are your, you know, that are your closest and most important people in your lives, and mm-hmm. then also leading to some of the more practical, practical, and you know, um, fundamental pieces of how to make it all happen. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Now, when you're looking at the prosperity picture and you're sort of putting those those pictures into practice and you're putting them on the board by way of, you know, less money, more money, and how long it's going to take you, do you find people that sort of get mired up in the, well, I'll never be able to afford that or do that? Like, that's just not even feasible for me. Do you find people that get stuck there? We do. And we always tell people that when they're building it, that it's really important to try to just push past that and to not put any parameters on what they're doing to let themselves go and not worry about time or money as they're building the picture. Okay. And then as they start describing it and they start looking at at what they've got, they can start to work through the machinations of what what it is, how important it is, and what they can do to get there. I can give you an example. I was with a, a colleague at a meeting in, in Florida. It was in Miami, and it was along the water, and there, were, it was a boat show going on, a yacht. It was really a yacht show. There was wow. a big, huge, beautiful yacht. I mean, gorgeous. Yeah. And my colleague said, gosh, I have always wanted to have something like that. Wow. And I said, well, maybe one day you will, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I didn't say it so directly, but I was implying, put it on your prosperity picture. <laughs> and he sort of laughed. He laughed, and he said, I will never be able to afford that. And I sort of looked at him and I said, well, no, not, not if you look at it that way. 
you, you, you could put, you, you could set your sights on it. And maybe it's not magic, right? Maybe, maybe you won't have a yacht like that. So, you know, is someday, even, even if you try. But if you don't even try, you're assured never to have the thing. <laughs> right? If right. Right. If you if you don't put it in writing and name it and say it and start working toward it, you you guarantee that you're not going to have it. Uh, you're, you're you're not even trying. Right. You're going to lose a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and so that's really <laughs> what this is. You know, this is a, this is about. Yeah. Is trying. Is trying. Or, yeah. or looking, maybe it maybe it changes. Maybe it's a variation. You you know, you learn as you go. Yeah, I think that that I, I love that that you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take because I think that our, our natural inclination for a lot of us is to let our brains limit what our abilities really are, and if we just draw the line and say, "What? That's never going to be me," then we've just sort of removed that as even being a remote possibility in our lives. Absolutely, and, and that's sort of a sad way to live. I think you know. It is, and you hear stories, you know, because of, of the nature of, of the book, we, we hear stories like this all the time. I, I've, I've got a quick one about a woman who, when she was graduating from college in the 60s, saw a jaguar, you know, a classic jaguar, oh. the forest green, the, the tortoise shell, the whole thing, the hood ornament, and she'd never seen one, and she thought it was the most beautiful automobile she'd ever seen, and she was this, you know, poor college student that, you know, barely had two nickels to rub together. And she's just like, we're talking about, she's like, I, I'm never, ever going to be able to have a car like that, but I think it's beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, she remembered that and fast forward a good 20, 30 years. And she was in a new phase of her life. She was starting a new business at the time, many years later, thumbing through a magazine and she found a picture of that exact car and she tore it out and she thought, I'm going to use this as my incentive for my business. You know, I'm going to use this as my motivator. So she, she, she wasn't doing a prosperity picture, but nonetheless, she ripped it out and stuck it on her closet. And she looked at it every day. And then several years later, her business ended up doing very well. She was with her sister car shopping at a used car place, luxury cars. She kind of wandered off when her sister was talking with the sales guys. And she, lo and behold, sees that car on the lot. Oh, my. Excellent price. And long story short, drives away with it that day parks it in the driveway in her in the rain <laughs> and and she said she sat on the porch for hours looking at that car because her <laughs> her her dream as a college student had become this reality and there it wow was. that is awesome it's not it's not magic it's not like the universe brings you a pony because you put it out there in the world <laughs> but it is you know right it is working toward the goal she named it when she was in college she set her sights on wow. it she worked toward it Wow. Well, and that, I love that. And that sort of brings us to the last thing that I want to talk about, which is the practical application of all this, right? So then once you you get your prosperity picture, what do you do with it? So you use this as a catalyst. It it feeds your subconscious, but it also feeds your practical side of your brain, your left hemisphere of your brain, because we need both sides to work together. So it helps you then, you, you now have your reason why, and now you can start to sort out how do we make these things happen. So Picking a few of them to start with. You know, many people have multiple images on their board. It can be a little overwhelming at first. So right. we always encourage people to just pick pick the, between one and three that are most important to you right now. Put a pen to paper and start working through logistics. What are we talking about? What's the time frame? What's the cost? What resources do I need to support me in this? What mm-hmm. personal uh, relationships with friends and what professionals do I need to help me do this? Um, how can I work toward it if it involves 
helping, you know, getting, getting some money to grow, which most of these goals do. How can I do that in, uh, in, in the most effective way? That's going to get me closest, you know, and give, give me the best chances of getting to my goal, but also in a way that I'm comfortable with, taking a level of risk that I'm comfortable with. That's not going to cause me to get up at 2 a.m. and chug Pepto-Bismol, you know, but <laughs> <Right>. something, <laughs> something that I'm comfortable with and what are my options there. Right. And building a plan, right. building a plan, coming back to it, um, you know, putting pen to paper. And taking a step at a time. Wow. Yeah, and revisiting that. And I think that's where it's important to have, you know, some outside um, assistance, whether it's, you know, a, a uh, accountability partner, friend, family member, if you've got somebody that can serve as that that person or a great financial planner that can step in and, and really put some practical numbers to these dreams and goals that you have. And from a, from a perspective of, you know, in my practice, I would just love to have a new client come to me with a prosperity picture already in place and 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 that we would then allow that to drive our planning process and revisiting that annually and really fine-tuning that would be so much fun for me. So, you know, definitely I would recommend those of you out there that if you're, you know, thinking that this sounds like a good process, get grab the book, go to Amazon and grab the book or go to Twitter and, and hashtag Making Money Fun and, and, I'm, and I might send you a copy of it for free because I'm giving f- five of those away at the end of the show today. And, you know, if this is something that you want um, a financial advisor to walk you through that understands the process, I'm more than happy to help. Just reach out to me at, Her- at Heritage Financial Strategies. Um, it's heritagefinancialaz.com. And, and whether you're here in Arizona and we can get together face-to-face or you're in another state and we can do this over Skype or um, FaceTime, I'm more than happy to walk you through that process because sometimes I think it helps to, to just really have an outside perspective to help you um, not get yourself stuck, not limit yourself in what those goals and dreams and all that fun stuff um, might be for you. Do you see that as as, as something that, that you would agree with, Lisa? Oh, absolutely. We, we cap ourselves off so often. We limit our potential when it comes to what we want to do in life and, and what we think our money can do to support us in that way. And opening yourself up to the possibilities is just this empowering thing to do. Oh, for sure. I completely agree. And and some people are really good at doing that on their own, and some people need some extra assistance. So the book is Picture Your Prosperity, Smart Money Moves to Turn Your Vision into Reality, which you can find on Amazon. And I would definitely go grab that if you want to have that come into you, or hashtag Making Money Fun on Twitter, and I'll, um, uh, at the end of the show, pick five of you to send the book to. So I would absolutely love to do that, and I would love to offer to any of you that are listening my personal help with this, because this is a, absolutely a passion of mine is really connecting the why to the financial plans and the financial and investment plans that I do for my clients. Because what I do find, Lisa, and I don't know if you find this as well, is when that why is very well defined, the how isn't as important and they don't get as stuck in the small details as they would if they maybe didn't have that defined. So, you know, I really think that it's important to sort of have those two pieces of the puzzle together to help drive that long-term success and and long-term financial plan um, accomplishment because you know if you if you don't really know where you're going you set off on vacation and you don't really know where you're headed you don't take a map with you chances are you're probably not going to get there so <laughs> so, Absolutely. so I definitely think that's really important Lisa thank you so much for being with me today I've really appreciated our conversation 
It's been delightful. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you all for listening. Um, my name is Shanna Tingham. I am co-owner of Heritage Financial Strategies in Gilbert, Arizona, and host of this wonderful show called Making Money Fun. I am looking forward to next week as well, so I hope you'll be here. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to catch the next episode of Making Money Fun with Shanna Tinjum. Live next Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great weekend and an amazing week. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Shanna Tinjum, Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge, guests on this show, and Heritage Financial Strategies are not affiliated.